Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I sit down with Matt Graham and Taylor Mead. Matt is a Special Olympics athlete, health messenger, and athlete leader, and Taylor is the director of health programs for Special Olympics New York, who oversees health programming across the state. During the episode, we discuss the implications of living with intellectual disabilities and how that can impact an individual's mental health. I am just so incredibly honored and excited to have both Taylor and Matt on the podcast. Um, the overall mission of you know, Special Olympics is to provide training and competition to children and adults with intellectual disabilities, allowing them to experience the transformative power of sports. And I think that's something that's so incredible, offering, you know, being able to offer this this opportunity to those who otherwise may not have it. And I personally, you know, have, have family members with intellectual disabilities. And so this initiative is really close to my heart. And it was really great to chat with Matt about, you know, his different experiences when it comes to going to the doctor, um, participating in Special Olympics, growing up, how we got involved, and I just, I think it's so incredible when we get to have so many unique guests on to share their unique experiences. So with that, let's get right into it. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am extremely excited to have both of you on. I think, well, I guess today, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about, you know, Special Olympics, their health work, and their offerings on mental well-being and emotional health. And this is something that's like near and dear to my heart. So I am very honored and excited to have you both on to talk about these things. Um, to kick us off, Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Absolutely. So my name's Taylor Mead, and I am the Director of Health Programs for Special Olympics New York. And I'm based in our headquarters office, which is just outside of Albany, New York, so outside of the capital. Um, and I oversee our health programming across the state, so assist our regional, our local staff with implementing health and wellness and fitness programming, and then oversee our statewide initiatives as well. Awesome. Matthew, can you give the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? I am Matthew. I am a Special Olympics athlete and and um, athlete leader and health messenger. And so I have many titles with Special Olympics now. And I'm a multi-sport athlete, so I do m- multiple sports like uh, I, I started in track and field. I, I love powerlifting. I am a bowler. I'm a basketball player, softball player. All, all of the sports. sports. 
Yes, all the sports. All the sports. <laughs> I love it. Um, I want to dive into a little bit about like when we talk about Special Olympics, like what what does that mean? Like how do how do we define who gets involved? Um, can we walk through that for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So Special Olympics actually was started back in the 60s by Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who is John F. Kennedy's uh, sister. And um, she had a younger sibling, Rosemary, who had an intellectual disability. And she saw that there was no place for her sister to play, no place for children with intellectual disabilities. So she started a camp in her backyard and that camp has grown to a uh, worldwide Special Olympics International that oversees all of the different programs across the world. Um, so we are just one small piece of a big puzzle, but Special Olympics, uh, the real mission is to provide sports programming to people with intellectual disabilities. So people that maybe would not have the opportunity to participate in competitive sports outside of Special Olympics. And it's a place where athletes learn to be competitors, they learn to be healthy, um, and they make lots of friends, connect with their community, and really get a chance to experience a lot of things that maybe they wouldn't elsewhere. That's amazing. Um, I I love hearing kind of the the origin story of things because it's it's crazy how like one I don't know like a little spark can like truly grow and leave a huge mark. Um, can you talk a little bit about your health work? Yeah, absolutely. So Special Olympics is primarily a sports organization. That's what a lot of people know us for. Um, but we also are a health organization. So sports and health go hand in hand. We all know this. And in order to be the best athlete we can be, we also need to be the healthiest person we can be. Um, so Special Olympics does a couple of things to make sure that our athletes are healthy and well. Unfortunately, people in the intellectual disability population don't receive the quality health care that people in the general population receive. Um, so we are making strides to collect information, um, give education, uh, and really help the people in the ID population receive the, the, the care that they need and the education that they need to be healthy. So we do a couple different things. We offer fitness programming. So um, fitness for us is encouraging our athletes to be um, active outside of their sports. So not just when they're at sports practice, but, but being home and knowing what types of physical activity they can do. Also having proper nutrition and hydration. And then alongside uh, some of our major events, we hold our healthy athlete screenings, which are free health screenings for our athletes to go through in eight different medical disciplines. So we screen for baseline health issues that somebody might have, then maybe they don't have the opportunity to go see a provider to get screened for. And this helps us uh, identify these issues and then send somebody to a provider to uh, work on whatever they might need to so that they are the healthiest person they can be. That's amazing. Um, Matthew, I have a few questions for you. How did you I mean, I know you're playing all the sports, but how did you first get involved with Special Olympics? Well, I I heard about it when I was in school, um, but I didn't 
I didn't really know much about it. And I was a little hesitant about it at first. But um, it wasn't until after I moved out of my mom's house and moved into a, a residential um, program through the Center for Disability Services, um, they kind of introduced me to Special Olympics because they had um, 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 some of my housemates already um, were a part of it. And they invited me to tag along, and I started in softball. And I was on the practice squad at first, but um, I eventually um, uh, was on a bowling team, and then I was on a athletics track and field team, and then a different softball team that allowed me to um, that allowed me to uh, compete more. And then powerlifting and all these other sports. And um, so that I started back in 2011, I believe. How has being involved in all of these different sports kind of impacted you in your life? It, it's, it's just, it gives me a lot to do. It gives me goals to strive for. Um, I um one my one of my biggest goals was to compete outside of New York, and um. And I was able to compete in, um, national games, which was in Disney World, um, in Florida, and I was just in awe like this was a dream come true my first national games um which was last year and I just wanted to do it I just want to compete again and again to just prove myself that I can do better and um compete at even me even at a world's event that's incredible um that's it's amazing that, you know, this exists and it, it gives you that outlet and lets you set goals and I don't know, get, I feel like it sounds like there's some fulfillment there, which is yes amazing. Um, so I know you are a health messenger. Um, can you talk a little bit about what a health messenger is or how you kind of perceive it? Um, just... It, how I perceive it is um, it's someone that tries to keep their physical and mental health um, as, uh, as, uh, as, um, as well as possible. Like they try, they try at least to, um, to um um they try to uh do well in the physical and mental health aspects of being healthy and um and they um try to encourage others to do the same and um 
and yeah <laughs> awesome yeah and they lead by example that's incredible uh taylor how long has this kind of mental or health messenger whoa mixing up my words uh <laughs> program kind of been around so the health messenger program has been around for quite a few years and the way that we look at it is matt is a athlete leader within our local athlete leadership council as well as our statewide athlete leadership council so he is somebody who the other capital district athletes look up to as well as statewide because he sits on our statewide council as well. And the health messenger piece is to kind of enhance um, the education that our athlete leaders have when it comes to their own health, the health of their peers, and then the health of everyone within the intellectual disability population. So they're, they're really trying to be the voice behind a lot of the Special Olympics health work and show their peers and others why it's important to consider people with ID when we're looking at healthcare, when we're looking at policies, when we're looking at Medicaid, Medicare insurance, all of those different pieces. So Matt and uh, four of his co-athlete leaders finished up their health messenger training a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're excited to be able to involve them in a lot of upcoming conversations. We are going to take a quick break and we'll get back with Taylor and Matt momentarily. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's message is simple. Amplify stories, resources, and expertise to strengthen student-athlete mental health, building a community by and for athletes through peer-to-peer -peer conversations, and providing a platform for advocacy. Morgan's message was founded in July of 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers, who was a beloved daughter, sister, and fiercely loyal friend. These past three years have been incredible to do something so meaningful in honor of someone who was loved so deeply by so many. If you want to get involved in Morgan's message, if you want to find out more, head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. And for anyone listening, just know that you are so loved by so many people. You're here for a reason and you're here to do something incredible. So if you're struggling, please don't give up. With that, let's get back to the episode. Awesome. Uh, Matt, flipping it back to you, do you think that there are barriers or have you like experienced barriers to receiving mental health, you know, services for people with intellectual disabilities? I personally haven't um, experienced barriers. I mean, there has been um, 
whether um well I've I've had a really strong advocate um when I was younger, um, which was my mom. And um when I got older and then to uh, a residence, um I became my own advocate and um um I I go to um my doctor's appointments with my staff and um so they 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 take me and they stay with me to my doctor's appointments if I if I request them to stay with me and um if there's any information they need that they have um we have a to go binder um for um medical stuff um but um a lot of the times I've noticed sometimes doctors they talk to my staff before talking to me and um and it's it's my appointment you know and it's like I'm the one that that's having whatever element is happening and they're talking to my staff and saying um so what's what's the issue and um but uh, there has been some improvements um so, um they uh they talk to me more they listen to me more and they take me seriously and um it's and I do have some insurances um, that pays for my medical stuff. So um, um, the one thing I'm I've noticed is um, maybe not everyone's able to have access or not everyone's able to apply for those insurances um and um or may may need a little extra help with the with um where to sign where and um where to initial and all that kind of stuff and um and I just want to be able to help the mo the best I can and um be able to um just have everyone have equal um share to their doctors and yeah yeah thank you for sharing that i think it's it's really important to highlight kind of differences with treatment and and to your point of even feeling like times you know, doctors speak to your staff before they speak to you. I, yeah. I have a brother with, in, 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 with intellectual disabilities and I have witnessed way more than just doctors. Like it's yeah. pretty much everywhere, especially growing up. I mean, I think my mom was told like they, my brother's twins, like they won't be able to like do anything they'll be nonverbal they won't be able to go to school they won't be able to go to college like you should sign them up for like you know 
like they're on your hands forever essentially and my mom was like no they're not you know and if just kind of like how you said your mom was an advocate like my mom really advocated for my brothers and and I don't necessarily I mean I'm not as well versed but I don't necessarily think that's like the norm right to have someone really advocating and pushing against these like standards that have been set um I I think that a lot of times those with intellectual disabilities get put in a box and you're so much more than this label that people put on you and I think people who don't aren't directly impacted like don't have a loved one who you know is experiencing something like this it's you know it's really easy for them not to get it and I think we can be doing a better job as society and, and you know as doctors um why like what do you think is important for mental health professionals to know when treating someone with a disability um I feel um, mental health professionals, they, they, they need to be patient, but they also need to um, try and push through the, um, like, like, um, kind of like push through the, um, the barriers that we kind of put up on ourselves. Um, I, when I've, I, I go to counseling, um, so, um, when, um, a lot of times it's just, um, I, I know I'm here for a reason and I need extra help with my mental health, but, um, sometimes I just put up these barriers where, um, I'm just saying everything's fine, everything's fine. I'm okay, and um, um, it's just sometimes, um, I just feel sometimes, um, they're quick to dismiss, I guess, and um, but it's it's nice to know that um there are people out there that um that's willing to go the extra mile and be with you the the next go towards your next steps on trying to be healthy and um and just um just uh just to listen or um give give reasonable advice like even if it's small steps those are steps towards positivity and um living a a, a, a healthy life and it's a step in the right direction and stuff like that so yeah, you kind of mentioned mentioned this phrase, mentally healthy. Um, can you yeah. talk about what does it mean to be mentally healthy? Like, um, to not be so, um, um, to not be so, 
um, like in your head constantly. Um, and, um, because, and just like being positive, but, but also it is okay to realize you're not okay and to ask for help and, uh, in, uh, but not by not pushing people away, um, that are trying to help you. Um, or realizing that um, you're in a situation where this is not good. And, um, and taking a step back and um, um, just, just kind of like get out of that situation. Um, yeah. How how has like being a part of Special Olympics really impacted your own mental health? Well, um I I owe everything to Special Olympics. It's just um when uh I during the pandemic um, I know we're still technically in a pandemic, but when everything was shut down, including Special Olympics, I just like kind of spiraled. Like I wouldn't leave my room. I ate and ate and ate, and um, and I um, did, uh, I I noticed. I mean, I would be on social media a lot, but um. And I noticed some of my friends are doing um, positive things. And my parents <laughs> saying, well, wh why don't you um, go out there and move? Or I just, I just thought to myself, what's the point? Like, and, um, and then Special Olympics opened back up slowly. And um, I just jumped on the opportunity. Um, at first, they were allowing outdoor sports only. So it was like softball. Um, and they wouldn't allow competitions because, um, especially if the numbers are too high. But um, I just jumped on it. I didn't, I did not care that it, it if something um if the i didn't really care about the numbers i just wanted to do something and be with special olympics and um see all my friends and um um eventually they allowed some competitions like skills competitions but um and i jumped on that too and i just Wanted to be a part of something, you know? Yeah. I, I, I know when I am not feeling like myself or I'm kind of in a low place, moving my body and connecting with like my community, my friends is yeah. normally the first two things that I know will, will pull me out of it. So yeah. I can imagine that's what, you know, special Olympics is kind of 
sure like doing for you how how have you kind of seen this like special olympics impact your teammates mental health um it's impacted um my teammates mental health in a different way um one of my teammates um um when special olympics closed he didn't stop he just kept doing what he he had to do like one of my teammates um lost a lot of weight um by um doing a lot of at home exercises and he was doing um uh he was a part of this um uh i think i don't know what to call it like a movement or uh um it was a hashtag through Special Olympics, 10 a day till it's okay. And um, it was like, um, and it really hyped up during when COVID started. Um, that's I think that's when it started, um, the 10 a day till it's okay. But um, they, uh, he, he just, he kind of inspired me to, um, um, do more and um and just be active, be healthy. How how would you support kind of your teammates with their mental health? Um, a lot of times I try and um. Like uh like with basketball, I've noticed some of my teammates, um, if they um mess up a play or if they feel they've messed up a play or they didn't make that shot, their heads down, they're um and um um they're just like not themselves and um I I try and encourage them to like, um, it's okay. We can get the ball back, or we can, um, we we can um try that play again, and um, and it's not like a distant once in a lifetime play, you know, and um, I try I try and encourage my teammates to just, um, it's, yes, it's amazing to be um it's an amazing feeling to um get the gold but we're here to have fun too um even if we get a ribbon and um as long as we try our hardest and um then if we get the fourth place ribbon then our goal would be to get the bronze medal and then next year and then the following year get the silver and stuff like that and um and our coaches do a lot for us and um I try and encourage my teammates to let them know that um our coaches will always be proud of us and um as long as we try our hardest and keep a positive attitude it sounds like you're a very supportive teammate and I love that you're extremely focused on 
the process and just having fun versus, you know, putting all this pressure to win gold or do this or do that. Um, I think that's, that's what makes experiences so special, right? It's like when you're focused on, you're just there to have fun and, you know, be with your friends and work towards a common goal or goals. How, how has special Olympics supported the mental health of their athletes in your experience? Um, I believe, um, Special Olympics, I mean, just for being there and for caring and, um, they, um, as a whole, the whole team, like, um, I mean, they, they have these, um, um, at the Athlete Village, um, they have these uh, healthy athlete stations, so they're showing that they're trying, and they're they they know that they that there's um things out there that um that uh that people aren't r- really getting like um 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 I was just so happy for uh um a power lifter when i was um powerlifting in um usa games he wasn't even on my team but i was happy for him because he was able to hear for the first time um thanks to the healthy athlete stations um they got him a hearing aid and he was able to hear the the crowd cheering from um for the first time and that's Yes, it's a hearing aid, but that's got to boost his self-esteem like tenfold. And, you know, like just being able to hear everyone cheering for him, you know? That's amazing. And yeah, I think, wow, that is so cool. And probably the perfect segue, like to talk, Taylor, a little bit about kind of these like emotional health screenings and education um you know what you do at these these different events if you can kind of talk a little bit about that yeah sure so um the emotional health screening that we do as a part of our healthy athletes is called strong minds and it really works with athletes when it comes to coping with stress Um, When Special Olympics did some research prior to uh, implementing Strong Minds at the full scale that it is now, they found that like 62% of athletes had very avoidant stress coping skills. It was really like, I'm not going to think about the stressor, which in tandem can lead to a higher rate of depression within people with intellectual disabilities. So the focus is to teach athletes about thinking positive thoughts, how to release stress, how to connect with others when you are stressed. And the neat thing is that we partner up with uh, licensed and students within the healthcare discipline. So when we have our strong mind screening, it's usually run by a licensed counselor or a social worker, and we'll have students within those health profession majors, or we'll have occupational therapy students, 
um, psychology students, students that want to make mental and emotional health their career. And the goal is to not only provide our athletes with that education, with that support on how to deal with stress, but also teach these future healthcare professionals what it is to work with someone with intellectual disabilities, to have them recognize that um, this is a population that's underserved when it comes to their health. And a lot of times, like Matt said, people aren't patient enough to take the time to hear what someone has to say. Um, and maybe they get misdiagnosed or something that they're diagnosed with is accredited to their disability instead of a, a health issue. So we work to twofold educate our healthcare providers and our athletes. Um, and the other thing that we do is alongside some of our events, we offer our performance stations, which focus on pairing up health and wellness with the competitive side of sports. So our more mental health focused station is called Game Day Minds. And that one's really about goal setting, about thinking positive thoughts, about visualization and, and setting a smart goal, something that, that you can achieve and how you're going to work towards it. And similarly, we have uh, students in, in fitness and health professions run those as well. And they get to learn what it is to, to help somebody make a goal. People doubt that people that are Special Olympics athletes have the ability to do this, but every day we prove that wrong. We have athletes from the age of two all the way up into their 70s that choose to come and be competitive athletes and try to be the best they can be every day. So those are the two ways that Special Olympics really tries to support mental and emotional health at our events. And like Beth said, our coaches are amazing people. They are there to support the athletes 100% of the time. So we look to our coaches to also be that support system to educate our athletes when it comes to how to be mentally well. That's incredible. I I love that you're, you know, offering all these tools and experiences and resources. Um I think that's so great. I I know we're coming up on time, um, so I'd like to ask each of you a closing question, if that's okay. Um, Taylor, I'll kick it off for, to you first. What has been the most rewarding part? Actually, I'm going to do a two-parter. One, what has been the most rewarding part about you know working for Special Olympics? And two, what do you what do you wish everyone kind of knew about like people with intellectual disabilities that they may not know? Sure. The most rewarding thing that I have gotten to see is what it is to watch a Special Olympics competition. Um, and this, I think, goes hand in hand with your second question. People don't think that someone with a disability can play a sport and be really competitive and be really good at that sport. And they're wrong. We have so many athletes that dedicate so much of their time. And this upcoming weekend, we have our summer state games, which will be held in Ithaca, New York. Um, and we're about to see the best of the best of our athletes come together and compete in a bunch of our different summer season sports. And it is amazing to sit there and just watch the camaraderie 
watch the competitive nature, watch somebody get their first medal ever, uh, there's nothing like it. So we always encourage people to just come to one event, whether you want to be a fan or whether you want to be a volunteer, take a look and see what local Special Olympics opportunities are in your area and just come on down and, and see what we're doing here because it's pretty darn amazing. Everything that we do is offered free of cost to our athletes. Um, and that's thanks to a bunch of different supporters that we have across the state and across the country. But it's pretty darn special to see Special Olympics in action. And it's not just one time a year. We say that Special Olympics is every day. We've got practices going. We've got development fundraisers going. We've got competitions. We have got a whole calendar year full of stuff. So take a look at your local Special Olympics and see if you can swing by. I'm sure they'd love to have you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I completely agree. Matt, time for your closing questions. First one, what, what's been the best part of being involved with Special Olympics for you? Um, the best thing about, um, being involved with Special Olympics for me is just making all the friends and family that I meet along the way, um, uh, just is amazing. Like, I have such a huge support group. And um, I love it all. Last question for you. What is one thing you wish people knew about Special Olympics or, you know, people with intellectual disabilities and their mental health? Um, that we can, um, we, we can... I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough question. Oh, uh, we can. Uh, we can fight. Um, through. Um. Anything like we're strong. We we can. Um. Just. We're strong-minded. We're strong-willed, and we can. Um. Uh, we can, um, as long as we put our mind to it, we got it. Got this. Yeah, you totally do. Couldn't agree more. Taylor, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the mental matchup. I loved the conversation and I think it's really important to, you know, not only just share information about kind of the ongoings in the world, but especially, you know, special Olympics, mental health, intellectual disabilities, all in all, thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. Thank you for having yeah. us. Another huge thank you to Taylor and Matt for coming on the Mental Matchup and being so willing and gracious and in, in sharing with us a little bit about Special Olympics, their health messenger program, and what being, you know, 
a Special Olympics athlete as well as someone who has intellectual disabilities is like I am so 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 grateful that that they came on the mental matchup and I'm really excited that everyone listening was able to hear Matt's story I think it's so powerful if you want to come on the mental matchup if you want to share your story on the podcast on our stories platform please head to morgansmessage.org Go to the mental matchup and you can send in a submission or you can email submission at morgansmessage.org. We're already gearing up for season six and we would love to have anyone who wants to come on and share share a little bit about you know their experiences with mental health. If you want to get in touch with Morgan's Message, you can head to morgansmessage.org. If you want to follow along, see what we're up to, you can head to Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of the above at Morgan's Message. Finally, thank you so much to Morgan's Message for presenting this podcast. This would not be a reality without them. And so I'm forever, forever grateful. With that, I will see you next episode.